Hey everyone, welcome back and welcome to episode 27 of the Orange Tree Podcast, sponsored by Lean Feast. If you haven't given Lean Feast a shot, I highly recommend it. If you're still trying to figure out what to eat, when to eat it, how much to eat, Lean Feast can answer all those questions for you and do it in such a time-saving manner. All you have to do is head over to Lean Feast, buy your meals, you get to pick exactly what's in it, and then all you have to do is when you're hungry, pop it in the microwave two and a half minutes and you're ready to eat. So talk about time saving to the max and it takes away all that stress of trying to figure out what to eat. So I highly recommend it. Kelly and I use them for our breakfast. We're up early training at the gym. It's just so nice to know that our breakfasts are in the fridge at the gym and then all we have to do is pop it in the mic when we have 20, 30 minutes and eat it and knowing that we're t- you know taking care of all our macronutrients, all the calories that we need to sustain our day. So highly recommend them. If you guys go in, utilize the, the promo code OS podcast. You could do this online or inside the store for a 10 percent your whole order so 10 percent off your whole order so highly recommend you guys give them a shot but today i'm really excited to introduce you to tess hackworthy she is a orange shoe client she is a lean fee sponsored athlete and she's also a professional golfer so i love all three of those things hopefully you love all three of those things but it was just great chatting with tess and just understanding like how you know orange shoe is such a benefit to her golf game how you know utilizing lean beast is so important to her for making sure that she has great food while she's at these tournaments all over the country um and also kind of learning a little bit more about you know what it's like to try to become a professional golfer um it's not as simple as you know some may think and there is a process and there's a lot of stress and a lot of grind that goes into all these tournaments so tess does a really great job of just breaking it down what it looks like for her to try to become and get her lpga to her card and all the kind of uh, tournaments that she has to participate in and to try to make that true. So it was great getting to talk to Tess and learn everything about kind of her journey and becoming a pro golfer. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And um, without further ado, I welcome you, Tess Hackworthy. Hey, Tess, thank you so much for joining me today on the Orange You Podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Not only are you a Orange You client, but you're also a Lean Feast sponsored athlete. You're also a avid golfer that I'm sure you could probably kick everyone's ass that's listening to this podcast. And uh, so I'm just really excited to talk to you because um, I'm like, I love all those things. I love Orange You. I love Lean Feast. I love golf. So I think we're going to have a fun conversation. So thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Is this your first podcast ever? This is not my first uh, podcast, okay. but this, I would say, uh, these three things that you just mentioned are all things that I'm extremely passionate about. So yeah. this will be a fun conversation. So I'm happy to awesome. be here. <laughs> awesome. All right, Tess. Well, let's just go ahead and start off a little bit, a, a little bit about you kind of let everybody know who you are, you know, kind of a little bit of your background and kind of, um, mm-hmm you know, kind of like what you went to school for, and then also a little bit of information on your kind of like where you're currently at in your kind of golf career. Sure. So I grew up here in Madison, went to high school at Edgewood on the West side, um, stayed in Madison for school. Um, So I was uh, a Badger from 2015 to 2020 playing on the women's golf team. And then our season was canceled in the spring of 2020. Luckily, um, prior to my senior year, I went to LPGA qualifying school. So I had a little bit of status to work with. So when my season was canceled, um, 
I was able to turn And so right now, I'm a little over a year into my professional golf career, um, kind of doing the mini tour circuit and um, working towards my LPGA card through qualifying school. Wow, that's awesome. And what did you go to? What was your major at, at, at UW? What did you major in? I majored in consumer behavior and retail, which was in the uh, School of Human Ecology, um, kind of marketing. Um, you know, we got to work with uh, different retail companies around the Madison area and kind of help with their marketing strategy and grow their following a little bit. So really hands-on, um, which I liked a lot. And it's kind of how I learned. So it worked out really well. Mm-hmm. And is that something that you're kind of like dabbling and now utilizing now, or are you kind of just solely focused on kind of like golf for the time being? Right now I'm solely focused on golf. Um, but I would say to an extent, I definitely have to use, um, the things that I learned in my major because, um, in golf, um, as a professional, you're, you're solo, you don't have a team. Um, you have a team in terms of like coaches and partners and sponsors and whatnot, but you're the only player on that team. And so, um, I have to market myself. Um, and kind of create my own personal brand. And so, um, yeah, definitely to an extent I'm, I'm using what I learned in school, but, um, in, in terms of, um, my everyday, um, activities, um, I'm solely working towards my golf career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's a good point you made there. Cause I didn't even really think about how the, the importance of just being an athlete in general, and just like having to like you said, market yourself, right? So like everything mm-hmm. you learned about marketing and just kind of like getting your name out there, developing a brand, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, like you're t- totally using your degree, um, but just kind of in a different way that most people don't ever heck get the chance to, you know, think about as yes. like promoting yourself in your own like career. So that's, that's really cool. It's a, it's a cool way to use the um, degree as well for yourself. Um, yeah, and definitely. so, you know, so you're, like you said, you're, you're, you're in the, your, you know, your, your aspirations are to, to make the LPGA, and mm-hmm. a lot of us, I know when I, you know, we just don't really know how people become pro golfers, right? Like, you know, like it's really simple and easy to see how somebody becomes like a major league baseball player or a professional football player, because it's all over the news. Mm-hmm. There's a draft, they get picked by a team and everyone celebrates, they make millions. And, <laughs> you know, as for golfers, like it's, it's not as simple as that. There's no big draft. There was no, like I golfed in college and then, you know, I go to the draft and I get picked by, you know, the LPGA or the PGA, you know, like, so how does that work? You know, and, and yeah. it's not as easy as I think everyone thinks it is. And you got to, do you got to kind of go through these, like, like you said, these little mini tournaments and you got to like, you know, place. So, so, you know, certain, you know, certain positions to move on and things. So kind of explain to us, you know, what does that look like for you right now? And where are you kind of at in that, in that journey of like getting that LPGA card? Yeah, sure. So it's, uh, not quite, not quite as glamorous as the MLB, like (laughs) you said, uh, not quite just, uh, getting picked and making millions right out of the box. So, um, it's a bit of a grind, uh, mentally and physically for sure. Um, so there's a couple different ways to make it to the tour, but, um, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. So the LPGA hosts and the PGA also, but, um, in terms of my route, the LPGA hosts what they call qualifying school. So there's three stages of qualifying school, essentially three different golf tournaments. Um, so Q1 stage one is four rounds of golf in August. And essentially um, anyone can sign up for Q1 as long as you have a certain handicap and you pay the price to be there. 
And um, so you play three rounds. So there's usually three to 400 girls that come every mm. year. And you play three rounds and then they cut the field to top uh, 125. And then you play the fourth round and then they cut the field again. So essentially each round, each stage, they're eliminating people. Okay. So after those four rounds of golf at Q1, the top 95 girls and ties move on to stage two. So then stage two is a couple months later. So that's like the second tournament of the three. And so stage two is four rounds of golf flat and top 45 and ties after those four days move on. And so I actually just got home from stage two on Sunday night. Um, so we played four rounds of golf down in Florida at stage two, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, top 45 and ties. I was not a part of those ties. Um, I finished about middle of the pack. So okay. uh, what that means for me is I'm going to have um, good status for playing on the Symmetra tour next year. The Symmetra tour is the mini tour to the LPGA. Um, so kind of like a farm team to the MLB, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll play just about a full season on the Symmetra tour. Um, okay. And so that's just a building block. Um, they're, they're one in the same. Um, they work together. So you have a money list on the Symmetra tour, you have points list and um every couple tournaments next season, basically, let's say like I play in the first four tournaments on the Symmetra tour and um, I play super well, like make a couple cuts, make a little bit of money. They do a reshuffle of this priority list. And so then I can move up in the priority list. And so that's always the goal is to constantly improve my status, kind of move up that totem pole. Mm-hmm. And um, the totem pole is essentially just a long list of names, a long list of girls. And where you are is really important because um, it depends on, let's say, there's 144 girls that get into every Symmetra Tour tournament. And if you're that player 145, you're not playing that week. Mm. And so you basically, you want to get those opportunities to play. And then when you do make a cut, make some money, take advantage of it so that you can move up in the reshuffle of the list. And so um, for me, since I didn't make it to stage three, stage three would have meant I could have um, competed for my LPGA tour card and work towards playing in LPGA tour events. Mm-hmm. Um, so since that is still my ultimate goal, I'm going to continue to grind it out on this Symmetra tour um, next season, um, make a little bit of money. And so um, hopefully by the end of that season, I can be, um, top on the money list and you're rewarded for that by being, um, rewarded with an LPGA tour card at the end of the season. The other way that I can get to the LPGA tour next season is I'll play in some Monday qualifiers, which they also have for the PGA tour. So I'll go play, um, literally a Monday qualifier is just the Monday of that tournament, usually at the same golf course that the LPGA event is happening, 18 holes, grind it out, top player or top two players get a ticket into that LPGA tour event that week. Um, and then, you know, 
let's say you play well in that LPGA tour event, make a cut, make a little bit of money, then they might give you an exemption into the following week's LPGA tour event. So mm. anything can happen at any given week. Um, and ultimately you want to play in tournaments that are going to continue to improve your status on that priority list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll also play a couple mini tour events, um, which are just like smaller golf tours that um, some of them are rewarded status. Others are mainly for me. I go to just stay competitive, be in that competitive mode, play, play, play. Cause um, that's like one of the best ways to learn and get better is just by continuing to play and putting yourselves, putting yourself in those positions um, of contention or just like grinding it out. Cause there's only so much that you can do on the range and practicing all the time. Like you can practice, 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 but if you never put yourself in that competitive mode, then how are you going to know if you're getting better or not? Um, mm-hmm. So right now uh, after getting back from stage two and not making it to stage three, um, I'm kind of in the off season and just, um, I'm going to take a little bit of a break right now for my clubs. And then I'll start my off season training this winter before the Sumatra tour season starts in March. Okay. That's awesome. You did a great job explaining that. And it just kind of goes to show that there are just a lot of ways that you can't, you can't like let yourself like hang your head, like, because there's a lot of options. Like if you didn't make it one way, there are other ways. And you just got to like, really just yeah. focus on every tournament and just like give your best yeah. because yeah, like you said, there's just, you never know, like, cause golf is such a crazy sport where like one, one weekend you could just be on fire and you could just like move yourself yeah. up in that reshuffle list. And you, you, you know, are, are making a name for yourself and showing that you're competitive. And is there, um, is there a little bit of like, kind of like cherry picking that goes on on like what tournaments, you know, that you have a better chance, like courses that, you know, that like align really well with you. And you're like, okay, I, have, I might have a really good chance or looking at maybe who else is competing in that tournament of like, if you know, some of the names of being like, okay, some of the top other girls are not here. Like I have a good chance of, you know, qualifying or, or, or competing really well in this tournament. Is there a little bit of cherry picking that goes For on? Me, whatever chance I get to play on the semester tour, I'm going to play because mm-hmm. um, essentially that's, that's the big stage prior to the LPGA. Um, the mini tours are where you can kind of cherry pick a little bit, but for the most part, you know, um, it's an, this is an expensive sport. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, a lot of sports are expensive when you're trying to go pro and entry fees are expensive, you know, travel lodging and whatnot. And so I would say you want, you want to be smart with where you go. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Like every tournament you're, you know, you want to have a chance. Like if you're, if you're going into it thinking that you don't have a chance, then, you know, why, why are you, there? Why are you Yeah. There? <laughs> yep, exactly. And so, um, the, the one, the one tournament that I would say is a little bit strategic would be like a U.S. open qualifier. So, um, every professional and amateur, as long as you have the handicap has an opportunity to play in a 36 hole us open qualifier around, um, April, May time. And there's usually hundred girls that'll sign up at each location around the nation. And you can go in ahead of time and see, um, how many people are signed up for that location and how many spots they're giving. And so, you know, I know that the U S open qualifiers are super competitive in California, Arizona, 
Florida, you know, kind of those um, hot states. Whereas, you know, you may not find um, as competitive of a field if you go play in somewhere like Illinois or Minnesota. However, you take a little bit of a risk because they only give one or two spots at those less competitive qualifiers. Whereas if you go to the the Texas, the California, the Florida qualifiers, yes, it's going to be a super competitive field, but they're going to offer five to seven spots mm. for tickets to the U.S. Open. So you can kind of be strategic there. Um, you know, for me, honestly, it's kind of where I'm at at that time. You know, if I happen to be playing a golf tournament, you know, in my home state and there's a U.S. Open qualifier next week in Minnesota, then I'm going to go play that. Like, I'm not going to fly all the way out to California for this 36 hole qualifier. I'm going to stay kind of regionally and, you know, try and map out my schedule that way. Um, but for the most part, um, I would say, you know, you really just want to take advantage of every opportunity. And, mm -hmm. um, like I said, the Symmetra tour is the biggest field for mini tours, um, because it is one in the same with LPGA. And so you can work towards your LPGA status and make a little bit of a name for yourself, get on that money list. And so really taking advantage of those opportunities is important. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to like, it's the same thing with like, what's especially with golfing. Like you just, like you said, you gotta, you gotta be doing it. You can't just be sitting around waiting for like tournaments that you think fit you well. You got to be out there. Like you said, being in that competitive atmosphere, cause that's, you can't simulate that right. in, on the course. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So backtracking a little right. bit, what, what kind of piqued your interest as a golfer? Was it your dad? Like, was it your family and being in the golf and is that how you kind of got started? And then what really kind of like attracted you to, to your, like, you know what, I want to do this like competitively. Yeah. So my dad played in college. He uh, was a cyclone at Iowa state. And so definitely got my siblings and I started um, at a young age, just playing in like the junior golf leagues in our neighborhood. And um, I played with my brothers and their friends a lot. So definitely had like that competitiveness right out of the box. Um, and at the time when I was younger, um, our high school golf coach was also a member at the same course that we were at. And so I would see her around um, and get to practice a little bit with her. And, um, she was a huge part of why I wanted to continue to get better. Um, our high school had a very good, um, with for many years. And so, um, I kind of wanted to be a part of that. It sounded really intriguing and, um, you know, being able to practice with Peggy every day at Maple Bluff was super exciting. And, um, she taught me so much. And so, um, I played in high school and um, started to get better and started to get a couple looks from colleges and whatnot and um, realized that it, this was kind of, this was a sport that I really enjoyed and it was super fun with the team aspect and getting to travel and see these amazing courses. And, um, you know, I didn't really realize my, my talent until um, I started to continue to have a lot more success. And, you know, I, um, for me, like, being able to win and have that success at each level that I've been at has been um, super rewarding and like uh, kind of been something that I'm like, okay, like if I can win at the high school level, I can win at the college level. If I can win at the college level, then why can't I win at the professional level? And so just like really eager um, and hungry to continue to move to the next level and see if I can succeed that way or like see what it takes to succeed at that next level. And so um, 
I've been able to um, find a little bit of success at each of those levels. And, um, you know, right now I'm obviously really hungry to, to get a professional win and, and, and see where my professional career can take me. But um, yeah, I had my visit at Wisconsin and um, originally wanted, wanted to go somewhere else. I just like <laughs> had this thought in high school that like going to college was meaning like you go away from home and you go somewhere yeah. and you like start your own life as a college student. And, um, you know, I grew up being a Badger my whole entire life, going to all the basketball, football, hockey games and like loving every single minute of jump around and you know, <laughs> singing along and like staring over at the student section, seeing how much fun they're having. And, um, you know, I was kind of in denial a little bit of how much I love this place and wearing red and white. And, um, went on my visit and I was like, you know what, stop lying to yourself. Like this yeah. is it. This is awesome. <laughs> um, and clicked with the coach and, um, yeah, I had a really good time. I ended up staying for five years. I took a red shirt one year. And so, um, I was able to play five seasons there and it was awesome. Yeah. I oh, really that's liked great. It. That's great. And growing up, you know, yeah, I know some people, you know, when you play a sport competitively, you don't necessarily like watch it, you know, competitively. Are you somebody who really enjoys watching golf? And if so, like, would you watch more like who's your favorite like women's golfer and the pro tour and then like your favorite men's golfer? That's a really good question. I, I don't watch a ton yeah. of golf, to be honest with you. Um, I think because I'm playing all the time, I would yeah. say, um, I definitely watch a lot of the big tournaments. Um, and you know, just within this past year and a half that I've been pro, I've been able to um, meet a ton of girls out there and, you know, playing in those Monday qualifiers for LPGA, like been, been able to like get to know some of these girls. And so now when I see them playing, I, I want to watch them yeah. because I know they're playing in the tournament that week. And, you know, I know their game a little bit, I've gotten to know them. So I'm like kind of their fan, but also like wanting to be there and like <laughs> wanting to compete against them. Um, but yeah, I would say, um, just by, this last year and a half, I've watched a lot more, um, LPGA, mm -hmm. um, and peaking my interest a little bit more and like, you know, just understanding the golf courses, if I've played in those Monday qualifiers and, um, you know, now I can like understand how the sh their shots are and whatnot. Um, I mean, Nellie Corda is really hard not to like right now, just cause she's so hot. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. she's just been absolutely dominating and, She's so smooth and the way that she handles herself out on the golf course is awesome. And, you know, she's young. Um, so I really like watching her um, if I'm going to watch on TV. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say on the men's side, it's really hard to pick because, there, I mean, there's just so many different players out there. You know, you have the big hitters or you just have like those accurate short swing. You know, they just make putts all day long. And you know, that's one thing that I've really been working on in my game is like, where can I make more putts? And so to yeah. see these guys just like draining these things yeah. left and right is insane. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to go see the Ryder Cup in person this year and I I just thought it was awesome to the lines that these guys took off the tees and you know, just the energy they put into their swing, like it makes yeah. my back hurt, but it's insane. Yeah. As of late, um, I've I've really liked watching John Rom play. Um, I think, um, he's just been really solid this year and it was interesting that, um, you know, he made an equipment change and, and still had an incredible season. 
Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, JT is awesome to watch. I mean, it's just so hard to pick. Like yeah. they're all, yeah. they all have something special about their game and um, something really unique. And I feel like we can learn so much from them. And that was, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the Ryder Cup in person was awesome. And one thing that um, I really like to look for when I'm watching, whether it's in person or on TV is like, the, the communication between the player and the caddy and kind of how they go about talking about lines and numbers and whatnot is super interesting to me because I'm at that point right now where I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, what qualities I'm looking for in a caddy, someone who can help me be my best out there and, um, you know, bring out the best in me and um, in, in my game and my mental side as well. And so just to like, hear that communication is super interesting to me because, um, you know, everyone clicks with someone different and um, everyone works differently out there, whether they're super detailed, super broad, want to talk a lot, don't want to talk at all. Um, so that's been really interesting for me. And I think um, that was fun for me to see the Ryder Cup in person this year because you could kind of like um, get a little more intimate and like hear those conversations, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, golf is just like bowling. I think a lot of people from the outside, like, oh, anyone could golf. It's a, you know, it's a fat man sport. You could have a beer belly like John Daly <laughs> and smoke cigarettes on the course and be a golfer, right? That those people are not athletes. And I used to, I grew up, but like, I grew up um, like bowling a lot. And I had, a, I got offered a scholarship to go bowling in college. I didn't do it because I joined the army, but That's like, awesome. there's, there's so much more to these sports than people like want to see and like, and understand it's like, oh, just hit the ball and you got to put it in the hole. Like, if only it was that easy. Um, and right. so there's so much more, like you said, understanding the lines, understanding the course, understanding, like, like you said, uh, having a caddy who understands you just as much as you understand you and just, mm -hmm. just everything wind and club selection. I mean, there's just so much equipment, like you said, to be able to change equipment is really tough to do. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, there, it's just, there's so much more to these sports than meets the eye and, and they're so tough. And yeah, like you're saying, like watching that Ryder cup and just watching some of these players and you, you try to do some stuff on a golf course and you, and then you see these pros and like, you're saying like the lines they're taking off the tee, like Bryson DeChambeau, like cutting a <laughs> lake and hitting it like 400 yard drive. And you're like, what is right. he even thinking? Like that would be not even a, like, you know, it's so out of play for 99.9% .9 of the world. Exactly. And you're just, it's just unbelievable. And the way these guys can just shape shots and these ladies can just like hook it around, like, you know, like all the different shot types there are. And, you just like scratch your head at just like how unbelievable. And then the putting, right. We all understand that. Like if you golf at all, you understand that like all your strokes come on the green, right. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not like getting to the green is hard. Like, it, yeah, it's tough, but like, it's all happens on the green, right. They say like drive for drive for show, putt for dough. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and, and so like, I remember, I think it was a couple of tournaments that Rory McIlroy was in not too long ago. And I think he went like, like outside of 10 feet, he was like, 18 for 18 or something like that. He didn't miss anything outside Dang. of 10 feet. And I'm like, that is this stuff that is like, you don't like, that's what separates like the best from just the people that are there. And it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Like you see these guys just making these putts, like they're just no problem. And you, you see these ladies just lining yeah. up these shots and you're just like, what is like, how did they do that? Like, how did like, I, it just, it, blows, <laughs> it, it really does blow your mind. Right. And, um, so yeah. let's go ahead and, and have a little bit of, of some fun questions about golf. Um, so everybody wants to know, right? Everybody that's like getting, like tries to get better at golf. What is like your one or two or maybe three things that if anybody would walk up to you and be like, Tess, like, what are the three things I need to focus on in my golf game? Or what are like the three little tips you could give me to just like 
maybe just start taking a couple strokes off of every round. What would that be? Like, what is that? Like mm -hmm. those little like tidbits of knowledge you give to people. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to figure this out when I was trying to get better at my game, but, um, definitely spending more time around the greens. I mean, like we just said, you drive for show putt for dough. Anyone can hit a golf ball. And, you know, to, as I kind of hone in at the higher level here, I see that, um, I mean, there are some girls out there that are spraying the ball. You know, I'm a little bit more accurate, but it doesn't matter where these girls are hitting it because they're putting the ball in the hole. You know, can you have a little bit of a touch and um, be able to get that ball up and down a couple times, you know, one chip, one putt, um, or even just eliminating the three putts. Three putts are like, the oh. most frustrating thing on the planet. <laughs> and so, you know, what it, it's, it's hard when golf is not your nine to five. It's, it, it's hard to have that, that nice touch around the greens if you're only playing once a week or so. But if you do have a little bit of time throughout the week to figure out how you can, you know, finesse that golf ball on the greens, because honestly, I mean, just think about it. If you're, if you have five, three putts around, I mean, essentially that's, five extra strokes that you're wasting on the greens. And mm -hmm. if you have three holes out there where you, where you needed to chip twice, or you had two shots in the bunker, I mean, just think about like, those are the easiest places. They're the shortest shots on the golf course. You know, it's, it's not a 200 yard drive. It's something that's just within 30 yards. And so that like 30 yards and in is, is so important. And um, where I think a lot of people get a little nervous too and so if you can figure out how to grind it out that way, because to be honest, like no one's ever going to perfect the golf swing ever. And so it's a little it's, it can be a waste of our time to just grind it out on the range all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, where are you at in terms of that, you know, 30, 50, hundred yards and in, and like being able to make that from, you know, take that down from four strokes of getting it in the hole to, to three or even two. Um, and I think that will help, um, help a lot of amateurs if they just take a little bit more time. You know, we used to say, um, when I was younger, I used to say like, you know, 70, 30, 70, 30, 70% 70 of my practice should be practicing on the green and around the green and 30% should be on the range. And so, you know, like I said, everyone can hit the ball. We all can, we all know how to hit it and we're going to have those off days. And so on those off days, can you save your round? Because you don't want to constantly be relying on a good golf swing because that's, it's never going to be that way. You're never going to hit, you know, 30 perfect shots throughout the round, but you are going to be able to have a little bit of touch and a little bit of finesse around the greens. And so to just have that as like a tool in your bag is I think going to be really important. Yeah, I agree. That's where I need to spend all my time. <laughs> that's the, like you said like the three putts the four putts those are the things that make you want to throw your putter and just like lose your mind and then to not like now let's talk about the mental side of golf like to not let that affect your next hole and that's where like you know sports psychology and just being able to like just block that last hole out be able to step onto the next tee box and just focus on that task at hand which is now that hole um which yeah. is really hard to do for a lot of people you you know some people they start hole one if they have a bad hole one it ruins the rest of the 17 because they're just they're they're just so mad they think they lost it and that's tough Next, next yeah. one question. Have you ever gotten a hole of one? 
I have. I have two oh, phone nice. ones in my career. My first one uh, was when I was 13 uh, at Maple Bluff Country Club, hole number six. It's a water hole. I hit like a nice little draw, start out over the water, one hop, um, and went in from like 150 yards. And then um, my second hole in one just came last year out in California at a course called the Valley Club. Um, it was hole number eight there. Um, the hole sat kind of like up on a hill. Um, it was like 130 yards. Um, I didn't see the ball go in and I was playing with a bunch of random people that I just met that day, but um, <laughs> it was pretty fun and exciting. And we happened to be right next to the turn house when I made a hole in one. So uh, we all, uh, they encouraged everyone to shotgun right away. And then my round just went to shits after that. Yeah. I was <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's like my dream. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's my dream. <laughs> to, I think that's everyone's dream is to, is to get that hole in one. And every time I step up to a par three, I go, here we go. This is it. And, um, it exactly. hasn't been yet. It hasn't been it yet, but there's been a couple, <laughs> a couple close calls and, um, I think it's gonna be really fun. And, you know, I always tell people like yeah. as amateurs and just people who like just the, the weekend warriors where you just get out once every couple weekends and you, the, the sport of golf is fun for the, the fact that it's always challenging. You're never going to master it. And there's always something you can work on, but every time you go golfing, there's that one or two shots that like, just make you so happy. Like for yes. this us amateur where it's like you, you, you chipped one in off the, off, you know, off the fringe of the round the green, or you, you hit your like best drive you've ever hit on a certain hole, or you made like a big 20 foot putt. Like you always got to live for those small little <laughs> wins that you could get on the golf course. And that's what keeps you coming back. And I always feel like for me, when I golf, like if I'm golfing nine or 18, the last hole is the one that I do really good on. And that's what keeps me coming back the next time. <laughs> oh Yeah it's like you, you saw some, like you'll have like, you'll bogey, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll have like triples and quads and all that stuff. But then the last hole you'll birdie <laughs> your par and you're right. like, all right, I can't wait to come back next week because I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to ride this high into the next round. And it just never seems yep, to yep. pan out like that. But I always tell the story about my dad. He got his, for, he got his only hole in one. And it's kind of a funny story. They were on the course. It started raining and they're on a par three. And he's like, they're like, all right, guys, we're just going to finish this par three. We'll head in. We'll be done. It's starting to rain. And so my dad teed off and it was, it was windy and the rain was blowing. So after he kind of hit the ball, he kind of lost it and didn't really see where it was going. And there was a guy that was like mowing the fringe and mowing around the greens. And he was kind of heading back into the, to go park because of the rain. And my dad sees the guy's hat go flying off. And my dad's like, Oh no, I just hit the guy oh mowing gosh. the, you know, mowing the lawn. I feel so bad. <laughs> so they, they hop in the golf cart and they drive down really fast. And my dad's like, sir, I'm so sorry. Like the wind, the rain, like, you know, I shouldn't have hit it. Like, I'm so sorry if I hit you. And the guy goes, hit me. He goes, I've been working here for 35 years. He goes, I've never seen anybody hit a hole in one. And my dad's like, what are you talking no about? Way. Yeah. The dude's like, go look at the hole. <laughs> and he like walked up to the hole and there it is. Like the ball's in the hole. And he's like, holy smokes. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. So I think that's just kind of like a funny story about, you know, just hitting it, not even seeing it. It goes in and but I think everybody wants to have that, that day where you actually get to hit it. You see it hit the green, you see it roll in the hole, because then you have yes. that like ultimate celebration of just like awesomeness. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're just on that cloud nine too, yeah. for like the whole year. It's like, yeah, I bet the, one of the best feelings. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that you get one soon. You know, one thing, uh, whenever I'm on par threes, it's like my biggest fear that I'm playing with someone and I'm going to miss something good because there's always a chance whenever you're on a par three or even a par four yeah, or par five, I should say for that matter, like anything can happen. So don't look away, yeah. like always be in the moment, ready to go, you know, looking to see what can happen. The other piece of advice um, that I would say 
for amateur golfers is like manage your expectations yeah. because you know, I feel like you're, you're, you're talking a little bit about how, um, you know, people can really easily like get upset when they have a mistake out there. And it's like you, if you are someone who's going out there once a week, twice a week, and, um, you know, you just have those couple hours to, to play a few holes or that one round a week, you obviously golf is not your nine to five. Like you're not grinding it out like the pros. So don't expect to play like a pro. And, you know, I think that's the one hard part, especially people who are super competitive yeah. because they have these expectations of like hitting every shot perfect and making every putt. And it's like, be honest with yourself. Like you don't have the capability of practicing every single day. So it's not all going to be perfect. And so if you can just manage those expectations and like really appreciate the good shots that happen and reward yourself and you know, give yourself a pat on the back. Like, Hey, that was awesome. Like, I don't practice very often. And I just had a shot like that. Like, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, really, really take advantage of the positives and don't dwell so much on the bad shots because that's going to happen. If you're not practicing yeah. all the time, you know, because obviously you have more responsibilities in life than to just grind it out on your game all the time. Like just, you know, understand and kind of keep that in the back of your head. Like it's not all going to be perfect and it's golf. Let's be real. Like no one's ever going to have a perfect round of golf every single day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, and for me too, it's always, <laughs> I always laugh. Like when I go to a place to buy golf club or golf balls and they're like, Oh, buy these like pro V ones. And I'm like, dude, I have like an 18 <laughs> handicap. I don't need pro V ones. The golf, <laughs> the golf ball isn't my, isn't what's going to help fix my game. He's like, Oh, they're great. They're top of the line. The pros are using them. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a pro. Like stop trying to sell me this $50 like box of golf balls that I'm going to like lose six of them when I go golfing next week. Like, <laughs> I'm always so excited though. When I walk into the woods or something, you find a pro V one, you're like, Oh, there's, there's $5 right there in my pocket. Like, <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. Hey, now's the perfect time for you to stock up on golf balls because they're draining all the ponds on these golf courses oh, and so okay. once they drain all the ponds then all the golf balls that have gone in there throughout the year start to show up so you just walk over there stock up on a couple <laughs> they might be a little waterlogged and whatnot yeah. but like hey it's, it's ammo for the bag you might as well yeah, take a few free balls <laughs> yeah absolutely so we'll wrap um, it up here today Tess with um you know let's talk about a little bit about how working with Ryan at Orange U Mm -hmm. and how being, you know, sponsored by Lean Feast and getting your meals to them for those long weekends, like how do those two things really play a role in you being your best version of yourself on the golf course every time you step up to one of these tournaments? Yeah, they're huge. Off the course training um, and eating well uh, has been a huge component of my success, I would say. Um, so my first couple tournaments as a professional and just traveling in college in general, eating on the road is, is not fun and it's not easy. Um, you know, you're, you never know what you're going to get in the cities that you're traveling to. Um, you know, the best thing you, you might have there is like a Walmart or, you know, a Panera bread. And, um, you know, there may not even be a Walgreens in some of the cities we go to. So it's like kind of hit or miss. And so for me to be able to travel with my lean feast meals is, has been a huge game changer for me because, um, you know, it's, it's how you feel it's, are you, are you, um, fueled properly? Um, and it just eating well goes into, at least for me, so many different aspects of my game. And, you know, oftentimes we're playing in the heat of the summer in the middle of Texas and, 
you know, it's hot as ever. So humid. You feel like you get out of the shower when you get off the golf course. And so, you know, are you filling your body with the proper nutrients to sustain you through those long rounds? Some days, 36 holes. And, um, you know, for me to be able to bring my meals on the road with me, like it's no longer a toss up when I get to these cities of, um, you know, am I going to stay healthy and make sure that how I've been treating my body is still maintained when I'm on the road. Because one of the worst things was you do so much off the golf course to train. And then all of a sudden you go on the road and you got to eat Chipotle all the time, or you got to eat X, Y, Z, you know, have a McDonald's in the airport every once in a while. And you feel like crap. And so then you get home and it's like, you got to start all over again. And so, you know, this way I know I'm well-fueled at home. I'm well-fueled on the road and I'm constantly improving to get better that way. And then, um, yeah, working out with Ryan has been awesome for me. Um, you know, in terms of my flexibility, my mobility, um, and my strength and areas that the golf swing needs. So that'd be core glutes, legs, you know, rotation, and, um, we've been able to also have workouts on the road. And so, um, I bring just one simple or two bands with me that just, I slip into my golf bag and, um, on days that I have my practice rounds and a little bit more time, um, throughout the week. And I know that I have some time to recover a little bit. Um, Ryan and I hop on zoom and we get some workouts in together that are usually, you know, body weight, but these are, you know, same thing as eating is, you know, I do all this work when I'm at home and in the gym with Ryan. And then I go on the road for, you know, a four week stretch and I get home and it's like starting all over again. To be honest, like working out heavy is, is not, is not my goal. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm golf functional and, you know, I'm strong in the areas that my golf swing needs. Um, Mm -hmm. and having that, um, making sure that that um, power is being used efficiently um, and I don't have any leakages in that power. So from the ground up, you know, feet, ankles, all the way up um, to my rotation and um, making sure that I'm utilizing that in the proper way. So that's been super huge. Um, you know, golf, a lot of people like you, you were saying earlier, the John Daly's and the cigarettes and, <laughs> you know, you just got, you know, cigars in your mouth and a drink in your hand. Like, there's a lot more to it. Golf has, has, uh, definitely evolved and, and you really got to be an athlete out there and, um, you got to be healthy on and off, off the golf course. And, um, working out with Ryan at orange shoe has been a huge, huge improvement to my game since I become pro and eating lean feast is, I mean, I feel like I've been in the best shape of my life and, um, you know, you can only, you can do so much in the gym, but you got to make sure that you're feeling your body with the right feel, you know, you're not going to feed a Lamborghini diesel. So, Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely have to take good care of yourself and, um, both lean face and orange shoe have held me accountable to that. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. You're like attacking it on all different, you know, you're obviously working on your golf game, but you're attacking it through the nutrition side and the sleep side and working outside. And, you know, for me, it's like, you're saying like, when you travel, you want to stay as consistent. Like you want every day to kind of feel the same because that helps you stay in a routine. So like when you right. travel, you still want to make sure that you're eating good food because that's going to help your confidence going into the tournament, knowing that you're, you're fueled properly instead of thinking that you're showing up to the round just eating a McMuffin from, you know, McDonald's, you're not going to feel the best, right? You're not going to go into that tournament feeling right. like you did everything. It's like, come with like superstitious, right? Like you want to make sure that like, I'm still getting my workouts in. I'm still eating healthy. I'm still in like, when you go into the tournament with all those boxes checked, it just allows you to go in. And like you said, address that ball more confidently, knowing that 
everything is still the same. Just because you're on the road mm-hmm. doesn't mean that like everything is completely different. So like, that's why a lot of people, you feel like you golf good when you're in your practice rounds on your home course. But then as soon as you leave and you go somewhere else, you're like, man, like everything just falls to pieces. And that might be because like you said, you're maybe not doing all those things yeah. that you do at home. You're not getting your workout in. you're not eating your clean food. So as much as you can simulate home, everywhere you're at on the map, no matter where you're at, like the better you're going to feel when you, you know, step up to hole one of day one. So yeah, that's super important. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. that's awesome. And that's awesome that you're continuing to do that working with Ryan, even when you're not in the gym, because yeah, it, like, it's just so important to kind of just keep that consistency up with your eating and with your workouts. Um, that's only just going to benefit you. So that's, that's huge. Yeah, definitely. I'd say, you know, too, it's like, when you, when you have these, these eating habits of, um, you know, really feeling your body with clean foods, and then all of a sudden you switch to like some restaurant food where it's like, it gets really greasy, it gets really salty. Like your body can feel that, like your heart rate mm-hmm. starts to increase and you start to get a lot more fatigued easier. You know, your muscles kind of, um, weaken up a little bit and, you, and, and, and tighten up a little bit. And like, you can really feel that and you can, you can get really in tune with your body. Like I know how my body feels when it's at its best, when I, when I'm clean and, and I'm, I'm loose, I'm feeling good first. And I'm, I'm activated that way while rested versus when like, I haven't fed my body as well. And, you know, I'm a sucker for ice cream. And so I like, you know, I know I've had a lot of ice cream that week or, you know, on an off week, like had a couple of glasses of wine or something like that. Like you can feel that in your body. And, and if that's how you're treating it on the road, then no way are you setting yourself up for success to succeed on the golf course. So you really want to make sure, like you said, you are staying in that same routine and taking good care of yourself. Because I mean, if you're going to go at this and give it a run in professional golf, like I, I want to give it all I got hundred percent and be fully committed. And, and to me, that's on the golf course, that's off the golf course. It's how I sleep. It's, it's what I feed my body. It's how I treat my body. It's how I practice. It's like every little thing goes into that success and, and making sure that I really feel like I'm giving it my all. Mm-hmm. Awesome test. Well, I just want to, I know you got, um, don't want to take up any more of your time and I appreciate you coming on today and where can everybody kind of follow along your journey? Like where can they follow you on Instagram and Facebook or things like that? And how can they follow you and just kind of watch you now that they may now like feel like they now know somebody like competing (laughs) in the golf world. Right. And so they're probably going to want to watch and support you. So where can they follow you on your social media? Yeah. So I'm all, I'm on all Instagram. Uh, Twitter, all the above. Um, Instagram is where I do most of um, my posts and kind of update a little bit on how I'm playing. Um, next season, starting March of 22, um, is where you're really going to start to be able to follow some leaderboards. So um, LPGA.com um, leaderboard or like SymmetraTour.com leaderboards, and we're going to have a full season. There's 23 events throughout the season, and so um, I'll be competing each week. You'll find my name and and kind of my bio on the Symmetra Tour website, and it'll say it's really cool. You can see live scoring, you can see stats, um, you know, where we're at, look into some of the golf courses and whatnot, but yeah, for the most part, um, I'm pretty active on my Instagram. I post a lot about my lean feast meals and what I eat because I love them so much. (laughs) Try to inspire other people to eat well that way as well. Um, you know, post some cool photos of the golf courses I'm playing that week. Um, and in terms of like scores and stats and whatnot, I would say symmetratour.com is where you can find my profile and um, kind of see what's going on that way mm-hmm. as well. 
And where is, uh, where can somebody potentially watch you live? Like what's the, usually the closest tournament to this area that sometimes you'll golf in that people could kind of come in and just kind of watch you live in real life. Yes. I, I really wish that I played close to home, uh, more often. So we used to have a Symmetra tour event, um, in Milwaukee, um, that they would host. And, um, in 2020, they canceled that event and they have not brought it back. Um, so, you know, if, if it fits well with my schedule, I'll play in the Wisconsin state open. Um, if I'm home, um, and not playing on Symmetra, Symmetra tour takes priority because, you know, that's how, that's how I can uh, work towards LPGA. But if Mm -hmm. I'm home and looking to compete, um, in something, I'll play in the Wisconsin state open, which will probably be the closest um, tournament that I will be at. Um, otherwise I, yeah, I have not played close to home in a little while, unfortunately. So I'm really hoping that the Symmetra tour brings that tournament back. Um, because you know, friends and it would make it easier for friends and family to come watch as well. And I hope that they will have that chance. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to then just try to get like an orange shoe. Like I was talking earlier, get us a little orange shoe outing where we could all kind of get together and we'll do like a fun little orange shoe client outing. And um, that'll be a way for everybody to kind of like interact with you and get on the golf course. And hopefully we could pair it up with your schedule at home, like on a Saturday and have a good time in the summer or spring and work kind of whatever works best. And that'd be, might be a best way for a lot of the orange shoe clients here to be able to kind of interact with you and watch you golf and have some fun. Oh, for sure. Do a little clinic and just inspire people to continue to get out there, grow the game a little bit and yeah, maybe yeah. give a few tips here and there. Maybe I can take a few tips from some people <laughs> too, I bet. <laughs> uh, all right, Tess. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great getting to know you and I'm excited for everyone else to kind of get to know you as well and um, to help you just kind of uh, get a little bit more support on the, the fan base side, right? Let's get the, um, you know, I'm excited to now, now I know somebody, um, you know, competing competitively in golf. So it's going to make it that much more fun for me to um, watch and um, watch your journey starting in March and, and, and cheer you on. So I'm really excited for that. So thank you for your yeah. time today, Tess, and just kind of share you. your story. As always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate every listen that I get. With that being said, if you have any feedback or any questions you would like answered on future episodes, please use the link in the bio above to submit me a quick little voice message you could do right from your phone. I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much again for listening and have a great rest of your day.